Welcome to the Brain Health Podcast, where we discuss cutting edge science to help you maximize your brain function while aiming to slow, stop, and even reverse symptoms of cognitive decline. I'm your host, Dr. Jonah Yackel. Hello and welcome to the Brain Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jonah, the Brain Health Doctor. And today we're going to be talking about COVID. This seems ever relevant. And I think the reality is that this is going to continue to become more and more relevant in the coming years as we continue to see how COVID unfolds and impacts obviously long-term health outcomes. So, you know, th- this one came on strong and it, it hit everybody by surprise and clearly it had some really significant ramifications uh, on short-term health as a lot of people really struggled. Of course, uh, you know, people, the you know, the world over uh, died and, you know, here we are, we're, we're seemingly coming out the other side and, you know, putting some of this in the past, of course, COVID is is still continuing to spread as different variants continue to emerge. Um, and yet, is, even though the transmission and, uh, you know, the rate of infection seems to, it just seems to be spreading as fast and as infectious as ever, uh, you know, thankfully, it doesn't seem to be nearly as as, as harmful as it's been in the past, but we're talking about COVID today because we are now seeing signs. Now, of course, early on, it became really quite clear that people, some people who were experiencing COVID were not really recovering. They were continuing to struggle even after the virus had long passed. These folks were continuing to struggle with severe fatigue, uh, and brain fog, not to mention things like chronic pain and anxiety and depression, where maybe they never had these symptoms before. But more recently, evidence and research and studies are coming to light showing that COVID for some people is in fact resulting in cognitive changes, but we're actually seeing what we call atrophy or shrinking of brain tissue. Ultimately, COVID is putting people into states of cognitive decline and leading to dementia. And again, we're very early on. Like, we don't know what's going to happen in the next five and 10 years as these underlying conditions continue. But I think the reality is, is that while most of the medical world is looking at this and, and seemingly somewhat perplexed, Anybody who is familiar with the work of Dr. Richie Shoemaker and understands the concept of chronic inflammatory response syndrome recognizes this for exactly what it is. COVID is a virus. A virus is a biotoxin. And just like any other biotoxin, such as a bacteria coming from Lyme, for instance, or mycotoxins coming from mold, We know that a certain segment of the population, roughly about 25% of the population, is going to be predisposed to long-term chronic inflammatory responses, or what we would call chronic inflammatory response syndrome, as a result 
of the exposure to this biotoxin because just like we discussed in past podcasts about mold for about 25 percent of the population the genetic predisposition sets them up such that they cannot detoxify the toxins appropriately so they get stuck in the body where they just continue continually recycle and as these toxins continue to recycle throughout the body inflammation is eventually going to start to grow and become you know greater and greater and higher and higher levels of inflammation so the the fact is is that covid being a virus is going to look very similar to anyone who's got any kind of chronic biotoxin related illness so when we're talking about someone who's got chronic lyme we're talking about someone with mold related illness well we know that these folks based off of 20 plus years of studies that not only do they have very specific inflammatory markers that will be elevated uh, on certain blood tests that we can use to, to literally diagnose these people with mold-related illness or Lyme. It's, it's not nearly as um, ambiguous as it might seem. Like we, we can literally test for these things. We know what inflammatory markers to look for when it comes to biotoxin-related illness. Well, these same markers are going to be high for someone who's got long COVID. Um, and furthermore, I would also go on to note that this became fairly evident early on. Some of you might remember when COVID first started blowing up, when it first started taking over and uh, what was that? The spring, roughly, or late winter, early spring of 2020, people and the media, the news immediately started talking about a cytokine storm. And a cytokine storm, essentially, a cytokine is an inflammatory marker that is associated with the immune system. So what happens is for people with the genetic predisposition, they get these biotoxins in their body. So again, if it's mold, they're breathing them in. If it's Lyme, you know, they got bit by a tick. This can actually be triggered by spider bites as well, brown recluse spiders, black widows can, can trigger this. And then in the case of COVID or well, th th this case, it's a virus. But we also know that there are other viruses can, that can also result in this. We know that herpes simplex can trigger a chronic inflammatory response syndrome. We know that Epstein-Barr, that all of these viruses, that once you contract them, they get stored in the body for people who have a genetic predisposition. And once these gen genes get turned on or they become ex expressed, the body can no longer clean out or detoxify the toxins that result from these from these viruses and the end result is as as the toxic load increases the inflammation also increases and this is really congruent with science and research that's been going on for quite some time we're now recognizing that people who have these biotoxin issues are going to be more prone to dementia and cognitive decline and even Alzheimer's. We're correlating bacteria in the mouth. People who have poor dental hygiene are gonna be more prone to dementia. We know that people, we now know that people who have herpes are gonna be more prone 
to dementia. Why? Because these biotoxins, again, for a certain percentage of the population, once these biotoxins get in, they cannot get back out. And as a result of that, our immune system begins to develop a response because it knows that there are some invaders in the body. It knows that somebody has gotten in, but because of the genetic predisposition, the immune system is not capable of finding the foreign invaders. It's almost as if, you know, someone breaks into your house and your alarm goes off, but no one can ever find the invaders. So the alarm just continues to go off. And in fact, in the case of chronic inflammatory response syndrome, sometimes this happens even after the invader has already left the building and the alarm continues to sound. And this is exactly what happens in the case of chronic inflammatory response syndrome as a result of someone having a viral infection such as COVID. The person gets the virus and the immune system is able to fight off the virus and therefore they recover. However, the inflammatory condition that was triggered as a defense mechanism to fight this virus does not shut off. And in some cases, it actually even continues to grow. And as that cytokine storm continues to, to, to flare, it wreaks more and more havoc. And as the media was discussing it early on, they were mostly talking about the cytokine storm that occurred in the lungs. So someone would get the viral infection and then our body in its massive intelligence recognizes that the virus has infiltrated the body and it initiates an inflammatory response in order to eliminate, to remove the virus and to shut it down, to, to stop the virus in its tracks. The problem was, is that the inflammatory response in the lungs, at least early on in COVID, was so severe that it damaged the lungs beyond repair. And this ultimately was what was leading to people's death. So it's not so much the COVID. Now, obviously COVID was the root cause, but it wasn't COVID that was actually destroying the lungs. It was the body's reaction or response or cytokine storm that was resulting in the damage that was happening to the lungs. Now, in the case of long COVID, well, what's happening is that cytokine storm is not turning off entirely. And when this is happening in the brain, it causes chronic neuroinflammation. And as we've discussed in past podcasts, the four hallmark symptoms of neuroinflammation are going to be brain fog. And again, when I say brain fog, we're talking about reduced executive functioning. We can't focus. We can't concentrate. Uh, we lose memory, recall of numbers names, words, organizing, planning, all of these things become more and more challenging. Learning new information, taking in and processing information, information recall, it becomes very challenging. So we use brain fog as somewhat of a label, but the reality is, is that this is scary. This brain fog is a scary early warning sign of someone experiencing cognitive decline, likely as a result of ongoing 
neuroinflammation, although there's many other things that can cause this that we'll be touching on in future podcasts. But so brain fog, number one flag or number hallmark symptom of neuroinflammation, severe fatigue, chronic pain, and anxiety and depression. And to date, I have not seen one long COVID client who has not struggled with those four things amongst various other symptoms that are going to come along with neuroinflammation. But anybody who has experienced COVID and they're struggling to recover, well, what's happening is their brain is inflamed. And the, and the most recent research is showing quite clearly that as the, the brain is in fact shrinking. This is what we would call early signs of cognitive decline and dementia. Now, what more advanced testing through a test called Genie that was developed by Richie Shoemaker amongst other people has been able to show the genetic changes that are occurring in people with biotoxin-related illness, such as mold-related illness and um, things like Lyme. And what, what's really amazing about this genie is that it's very, very cutting edge. It's not just showing whether or not someone has a predisposition, but it can give us an understanding. It can show us what the genes are actually doing, the level of expression. So when I think of genetic expression, like our, our you know, genes are not hardwired. They're not just, uh, you know, you have the gene and you're going to have the disease. Now, we used to think that. We used to believe that, well, if you have the genes for heart disease, well, you're going to get heart disease. Or if you've got the genes for diabetes, you're going to get diabetes. If you've got the genes for Alzheimer's, you're going to get Alzheimer's. Well, that's old thinking. We know that genes are predispositions, that these genes, you, you may have these genes, and they may make you more likely or more prone to getting any one of those. But these genes have to be turned on, and genes can be turned on and genes can be turned off. And this is generally what we talk about when we talk about something called epigenetics and how our lifestyle, what's going on around us, whether we're talking about stress levels, whether we're talking about sleep, whether we're talking about diets, exercise, even our connections with loved ones, past traumas, all of these factors play into the expression of genes. And in fact, you know, recently studies have shown that even having conversations, uh, loving, deep connecting conversations have an impact on genetic expression. But that all aside, so these outside influences, so genes can be turned on and off, but they're more like a volume, like a, a dial on a radio where genetic expression can be turned up and genetic expression can be turned down. And ultimately, what this genie will show is it shows the expression. And, and the whole purpose of this test was really to find out what is happening physiologically to people with mold-related illness and Lyme. And can we actually see patterns that are consistent? Why is this important and relevant? Well, it's important and relevant because since COVID started, many of these genies has been run uh, for people with post-COVID symptoms only to show that their genetic expressions are consistent with those 
people who have chronic inflammatory response syndrome as a result of exposure to mold and or Lyme or various other triggers. So what what we're recognizing is COVID for people who have been you know, learning about this and pe- people who are aware of the work of, and, and familiar with chronic inflammatory response syndrome recognized long COVID from the first, from day one, this is chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And it follows patterns that are consistent with people who have chronic inflammatory response syndrome, whether they got it from mold or whether they got it from Lyme or whether it was triggered from a viral um, expression. Now, what is super cool if you're, you're into this sort of thing is that more advanced MRIs can actually reveal, this is what we call a neuroquant MRI. So it's a brain MRI that gets run through some very specific or specialized software that was developed for researching Alzheimer's. So they could look at all the different areas of the brain and see, you know, what areas are impacted when someone's got cognitive decline, they have dementia, they have Alzheimer's. But studies have been able to differentiate different patterns. So based off the neuroquant, we can actually recognize patterns that are consistent with, say, someone who got sick from mold and is having neuroinflammation as a result of mold exposure versus someone who is having cognitive changes as a result of Lyme. And now we're going to start getting MRIs of people who have had COVID. Now, what, what's unknown at this point is, are these MRIs going to look you know, similar or different? Like, will they have the same pattern as someone who has, you know, early signs of cognitive changes as a result of, of mold versus someone who's having cognitive changes as a result of Lyme? We don't necessarily know that. But what we do know is that genetically speaking, that people with long COVID it mimics people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome as a result of exposure to mold and or Lyme. So the recovery in many ways is going to be very similar. Like one, you you have to remove from exposure. Now, for someone who's got COVID, that means they have to recover from COVID. But the reality there is that once this this cytokine storm gets turned on for people who have the genetic predisposition, they are now going to have to be aware of their environment where they maybe didn't have to be before. So even if mold obviously wasn't the root cause, COVID is what was the trigger. If this person is having exposures to other biotoxins, it's going to continue to feed or fuel the flame of the neuroinflammation. So one of the most important things moving forward would be, one, you would want to First, you could start by doing going online and completing a VCS test, a visual contrast sensitivity. You could do a quick search on your browser. You're going to find several options for a VCS, and this is going to screen for neuroinflammation. So right there, you're going to have a quick screening. You know, some of these tests are free. Some cost up to $20, but either way, $20, you're going to get a quick screening. And if that comes back positive, the next step is you would want to get a lab panel with chronic inflammatory response uh, syndrome with markers that will help determine if you're actually dealing with chronic inflammatory response syndrome as a result of COVID. And at that point, uh, you know, now you can start moving through a recovery protocol and one, detoxifying past toxins out of the body 
shutting down the inflammation, and then healing the tissues that have been damaged. So really it's a three-part process of one, we have to we have to make sure we're not being exposed to any biotoxins. Two, we then want to detoxify the body of any toxins that are floating around. And then three, we want to shut down the inflammation and heal the tissues that have been damaged. So if you or a loved one is struggling with post-COVID symptoms, you're dealing with long COVID and no one's been able to help. There are doctors out there. There are people who recognize this. You will want to look into chronic inflammatory response syndrome because we are seeing people recovering with the right amount of treatment. So I hope that this was helpful. Thank you so much for joining and I'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for listening to the Brain Health Podcast. If you'd like more cutting edge information on brain health, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, or simply head over to my website, thebrainhealthdoctor.com. If you love the show and want to support us, please leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or Google. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.